Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. T-shirt that is JP Mason. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today we join you for the Thursday Axon Bulletin. Shows that T-shirt again, JP. Uh, I'll give a wee plug to it. It's a uh, track one graph on. Uh, no, I only know he's on Instagram, but um, I saw someone sharing it, and I was like, I need to get one of them. So that's that's the, I play on the Vice City slash Lisbon sixty seven T-shirt. So see the see the thing, right? Over the last, I don't know, few years probably, the amount of independent artists and T-shirt suppliers and merch guys and all that, it's incredible, eh? And uh, they've got platforms now to actually just go out there and be independent and, and create this uh, merchandise that you can get from I love it. 
JP, I absolutely love it because the creativity is incredible. Um, and before we get started, as we usually do, uh, talk to me about this jersey. The first player that I think about is Anton Rogers. That's ro- that is wrong, isn't it? Uh, it definitely is wrong. No, that I'd say that I'd say that top's probably probably my favourite of the modern era. Like Aye, it, that is that one in the centenary strip for me is the of the two, and I just think I just love its uh, simplicity, and you know it's not it's not it's the hoops, isn't it? It's just it's a, it's a really good take on the '67 uh, top. I had to get it long sleeve, as you mm-hmm. see. And uh, I, uh, I wore this, I sponsored this as well, of course. And I wore that when I went to visit Lisbon, uh, the Stadio Nacional. That's what I was wearing. That was my pass that got me in. Well, I just walked in the back gate and nobody said anything because I had a Celtic top on and it was that one. You just think, i seen somebody recently uh, going on uh, Twitter to say they were visiting the Stadio Nacional for the first time. And they were basically saying, right, what's the what's the lay of the land? How do you get in? Who do you speak to? And all this kind of stuff. And you think, you know, for the last 50 odd years, whoever is the wee groundsman could have just been getting wee backhanders. It would be tremendous, eh? You know, because it, we'd all give them them. You know what I mean? I don't I mean, anybody wants to get in and not look 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 at it from the outside. I mean, I did initially. Well, no, the way, I, the way my Google Maps took me, it took me around the back and that brought me to this gate and the gate was open. The only reason the gate was open was because there was some sort of media company and uh, de-rigging from the day before because they'd been filming there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that gate would have been shut. And, well, I don't know if I'd have had the, the cojones to, 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 to jump the gate, but I just wandered in and just a few, exchanged a few nods with people as I was walking into the actual stadium itself. And I think people just sort of smiled when they saw the Celtic top and, you know, knew. And I, I, like I said, I think I've said before, I could have walked on the pitch um, but I didn't want to, you know, push my luck. So I just sort of walked round about, went down to the tunnel from the other side and then walked along the side of the pitch. And it was it was an amazing experience. But I also wore that top the last time I was at Ibrox, which is another reason why I put it up. So March 2018, uh, the, the Edward 3-2 game. Oh, yeah. That was the strip. So, uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, we will be maybe for a, a minute or two speaking about a certain game at Ibrox this weekend, JP. But that jersey, the one, the one regret that I've got, and even if it was maybe just like a, a variation on the design, I wish they had done it. You know, with the the white out, so the NB would have been there, the crest would have been there, but they were white on white, so that you could buy the green and white hoops that were untarnished. Well, that's a great shout, yeah, because they do that with the black tops, don't they? They do like the black on black, because I mm. think. I saw someone share, is that the new Arsenal away top is, is all black mm-hmm. with like a fish with sort of black shiny badges so you can only just see them. And somebody said Celtic, you know, do your thing or Adidas do your thing for Celtic. So it'd be quite smart to have like an all black away top. It definitely would. And the green and white hoops untarnished as well. We are coming up to undoubtedly the biggest fixture in the calendar so far this season, Celtic on a run 31 games unbeaten I make it JP correct me if I'm wrong in the comments I'm sure you will thank you everybody for getting involved in the comments by the way Uh, you know that uh, JP and I appear on a Thursday we do tend to uh, run over a wee bit and sometimes start a wee bit late sorry Martin for pulling us up we're becoming notorious for doing that by the way you know what happens right we dial uh, we dial in within the five minutes before the show starting, eh? I mean, it's not like we're sitting for half an hour before it starts, JP, and uh, 
we have a wee chat, and before you know it, it's 32 minutes past, so apologies, Martin, and everybody else who was on time. Um, but we will be talking about this incredible run that Celtic are on, and whether or not they'll be able to extend that run this weekend. Now, I was talking last week about the harmony that, that Ange Postacoglu has brought back to Celtic, because last season, JP, you suffered it, I suffered it, Every day on Axon, we're talking about the disharmony that, that existed at Celtic Park. Uh, some people were, you know, saying, how do you know that that's there? How do you know players are unhappy? And then slowly but surely, as always is the case when it comes to football, the stories start to come out and players move on and start talking about their experiences. Neil Lennon himself has spoken quite a bit about last season. Uh, but this season is completely different and Ange has flipped it on its head. Now, I've worked for companies companies in the past where there's a specific culture, JP, and it would be almost impossible for one person to turn the culture around. And that's why I look at Ange now with nothing but admiration. I look at him and think, wow, from top to bottom, there, there does seem to be a harmony. I'm saying seem because we don't have the inside track on that. We're on the outside looking in. But there seems to be a real harmony at Celtic Park right now. And there's, I guess it's twofold. How incredible is it that Ange Postecoglou seems to be the guy that's implemented that. And then secondly, how big is that going into this weekend's game? Massive. And with regards to the harmony, I have a messenger of doom that occasionally visits my uh, phone or door with information about how things are inside Celtic Park. And I'm, I'm glad to say that, 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 that there's been very little of that this season. Um so I don't I don't have any qualms about the fact that it is genuine and there is a harmony and people have bought into it and you hear, you know, likes of Joe Hart talking in that podcast about, you know, the manager and, and how, you know, he's been given some love, you know. I mean, maybe it's not like arm round him all the time or Joe, you're the best thing since sliced bread or anything like that, but he's obviously getting what he needs because he said he needed it at all the other clubs he's been at and he didn't get it. But then, of course, you get that absolute clown, Simon Jordan, saying, oh, well, you know, it's because he's the common denominator and all this. And it's like, well, then Trevor Sinclair quite rightly pointed out, well, he went to Torino and there was, you know, a, a, a good keeper in front of him there. There was a good keeper in front of him at Burnley. There's now an England number, uh, now an England international. Um, so it's not really all in Joe Hart. Um, and Nuno Espirito Santo didn't, didn't sound like the nicest person to be honest from that conversation I, tr I, tr I trust Joe Hart and what he said you know I know there's two sides to every story and all that but you know it didn't it didn't he didn't come across well put it that way um, so Joe Hart's getting it if Joe Hart's getting it you'd like to think that the majority of the squad are getting it you know guys like Anthony Ralston Tom Rogic mm. James Forrest has been brought back in he's not been you know, he's not been sort of left out in the cold because he's like part of an old regime or anything like that. You know, he's he's been brought back in and started in games, so he's been given the respect of the the, the, the achievements that he's had at Celtic. So all of that, it's all kind of needed together. And with regards to Postecoglou as well, and the absolute nonsense that was spoken about you, I'm going to say this because it was nonsense. There's people having a go on Twitter and all that because you went on you went on Sky and basically gave the guy praise and at the same time said yes I was sceptical at the start I went back and watched this version of what we do a year ago or more than a year ago um, in June 
And the biggest thing that we were worried about at that time was the fact that, not the fact that it was Costa Coglu, the fact that we'd picked somebody who had so many obstacles to get into place as the manager. Because we were like, we're like 35, 40 days away from the Champions League qualifiers and we've not got a manager. And they're telling us now that there might be further red tape that would delay his appointment. We didn't have the, the requisite licence. All of those things were all valid. We didn't sit here and torch him for his lack of experience in Europe or lack of experience in Scotland. Those were the reasons that we were questioning. Mm -hmm. We're all quite open to the fact and, you know, whilst at the same time admitting that it was a gamble. Because if anybody in the Celtic support doesn't think that that was a gamble last summer, then you're you're revising your own thoughts because... We just happened to come onto this platform and speak and we're on record and we're on video, you know, having said that. Other people can just sit and go, oh, I'm not sure about this guy, but nobody would ever know what their thoughts are until a year later when you go, oh, well, you, you, you said this, you said that. And it's like, no, nah, I'm not having that. So just wanted to say that. No, I think it's um, it's only right that you say it. I I tend to try and not bring what happens on social media into the the podcast, but it was vehement um, and it was a little bit vitriolic. But but see, the big thing for me, right, and I've said this to a couple of people, I um, gave my view at the time. Now, someone pointed out, and you're a Man U fan, somebody pointed out, what about the view on Alex Ferguson? At Man U in the early days, sack him. And a lot of Man U fans thought that. And every single one of them change their mind and that's what happens you you kind of look at the scenario at that specific time and then you reassess it seven eight nine months later and obviously you've got more information to to work with but back then absolutely skeptical like you say i called it a gamble but the gamble's paid off and it was a gamble worth taking and the big a gamble can go two ways it can go go south as we've seen it go south in the past and we were all worried about the dynamic of, of the, the coaching setup, i.e., what were uh, Gavin Strachan and John Kennedy being foisted upon Ange Postacoglu without his, you know, input or anything like that? And, you know, what was the Fergal Harkin situation? Mm-hmm. All of those mm-hmm. things were all, were all question marks. And we were all worried that we were going to make an appointment like Vengloss after Janssen. You know what I mean? I'm not comparing Janssen to Rogers or Janssen to Lennon or anything like that. I'm just saying bringing in somebody that didn't suit the, the script at that particular time because we went through two seasons of, well, we won a League Cup in the, in the Barnes season, but I mean, whatever. But we went through two seasons of, of allowing Rangers to motor ahead and obviously motor ahead spending a lot of money. And we knew we, wouldn't, we weren't going to be able to spend a lot of money. Yes, we've spent money, but we've not spent obscene amounts of money to get to catch up. It's been far more making use of, um, you know, contacts. And Declan even said on that podcast in June, you know, Postacoglu could make use of um, his contacts and, and, and exploit markets that we haven't um, we haven't gone to before in, in Asia. Uh, right. So he even said that then, you know, that we were open to that idea because we've been so used to getting the same people from the same agents all the time and, you know, one in four or one in five would be a hit and the others would be a miss and they'd, we'd waste the money on them and they'd be out the door and with, with no with no contribution. We all said, this transfer market, this transfer window coming up, 
and the next one ha have to be a success. All the people I've said it. All the people that come in have to be first team players and contribute straight away and make the jerseys their own. And they've they've pretty much all and, done that. And guess what? That's what happens. The big thing yeah. I would say though is, see, in the early days, if you gave an opinion and you got the the pile on, it's not nice, by the way, right? But if you get that pile on, I used to make attempts to con, you know comment on everything that everybody said to try and justify no but actually this is what I said and I realised pretty quickly that that doesn't get you anywhere because it just breaks it into different threads you end up with 28 arguments rather than one so I've came to the point where I'm not ignoring anybody but I don't see there being any point in trying to go on and justify myself but one thing I've seen this week was a couple of fellow podcasters diving in and taking the mantle and I thought that was excellent because they made some brilliant points but the thing on changing the mind, Ange Postacoglu, and I've admitted this and I've learned since he's been appointed, wasn't a manager I was familiar with at the time. That's where I was. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you should have just Googled it. And all. Of course, I've got access to these tools. But what we decided to do at Axon was to bring people in from the Australian game and from the Japanese game to talk about Ange Postacoglu. So we brought in Dan Orowitz and we brought in Jared Hill. Jared, who's now a regular contributor to Axon. That gave you the Japanese view and the Australian view on him. So surely that's as balanced as it could be. And then he gets off to a bad start. Seven wins, I think, in 14 competitive games, if you include Europe. And at that point, 50% isn't good enough. For Celtic, it's not good enough. And Ange himself has alluded to the fact that the performances and the results had to improve. So yeah, you get a lot of people saying, oh, I told you so. But... Did you? Did you really? Um, an example I use, of course, is our very own Tony Ralston, the bricky. You know, everybody's changed their minds about Tony. And, yeah. and and the thing is, I'm delighted that he's changed their minds. I'm delighted that Anne just changed their minds. And the players that he had at his disposal, what he's managed to actually get out of Tony Ralston, you know, to a lesser degree, James, James Forrest, because he was out for virtually the last season. But when he's played, he's contributed James, and I know people disagree with that in the comments. I, you know, I'll cite the League Cup semi-final. Um, I think that against Dundee United, he contributed the game that he's hobbled off. And then in Europe, away to Leverkusen, he contributed. And he's a player that I think is probably, when everybody's fit, your second choice right winger at the moment. But whilst he's there, he gives you that he gives you that backup option, which is a very good backup option. Tommy Rogic, um, you know, we we managed to get a player out of him when a lot of people thought he was gone. And the player you mentioned, Joe Hart. And what I, f I found really interesting about that interview is that he spoke about the approach that Celtic made a year before. Mm. So there's been all this talk, JP, about, oh, you know, James McCarthy isn't um, Angie's signing, Joe Hart wasn't Angie's signing. And I've even heard people saying, Carol Starfelt. And I've said he doesn't look like an Ange-style player. But people have doubted that maybe Ange... It's pretty clear Ange Postacoglu probably didn't go to Celtic and say, I've got a list of goalies and Joe Hart's number one on the list. He's probably been presented with a list of goalies. He's then contacted them as Joe Hart has um, spoken about this week. And Ange just made the decision that he wants him as the goalie. But what I found really interesting was the different approach. If you rewind a year, Celtic were looking at Joe, Joe Hart as basically being finished. You know, There's no resale value. A year ahead, Ange looks at it completely differently. He's not thinking about resale value. He's thinking about what do I need right now to plug the gap? Because the goalkeeper situation last season was dreadful. 
And I looked at that and I thought, you know what? I don't really care if Ange identified him. He obviously didn't. He was already on the list, the recruitment list from a year previously. But Ange had this final say in it and he wasn't interested in whether or not there was a resale value. And I take a massive positive from that. That was the biggest thing I took from the interview, JP. Yeah, I I mean, just just to know that, you know, somebody that's been rejected from, you know, quite a few other clubs, including his parent club, you know, it's like it's like Trevor Sinclair said, you know, why the guy was under a, a three-year contract. Why wasn't he given an opportunity to improve on the things that, you know, he, he, he clearly could improve? He was only 32 or 33 at the time. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. That this was this conversation was happening, and the way that it was delivered to him was just—I mean, I know he asked for it, but there's a, there's be, there's been told something, and there's been, there's been told something, and, and he was just—he was as he described—he was buried by the Espirito Santo. So to have the opposite of that with Costa Coglu, um it, I don't know. It just makes you. It makes me like that. This is a, this isn't just some journeyman keeper, as <clears throat> Jim White. I believe we're quoting Jim White on the uh, Celtic State of Mind. But he does. Uh, he does watch it apparently. Oh, does he? I right. <laughs> As Jim White said, "This is a former England number one that you're dealing with. Like the guy deserves respect. I mean, obviously Simon Jordan disagreed with that, which was insane. I mean, that guy." He still buys Top Gear magazine, I'm sure of it. <laughs> he does, and you know this, he's a, he's he's prone to the shock jock kind of comments. He knows that he's going to get a headline. He knows if he upsets the Celtic fan base, you know they're going to get the traffic. And there's there's various people that do that um, to their advantage. What I do, I mean that interview, I read the interview on one of the Celtic blogs. I, I tend to read all the blogs, JP. I know you're an avid podcast listener, but when I'm when I get time to listen to anything, it's generally uh, music on the way in and, and home from the studio. So I, I do all the blogs. I read all the blogs, every single one of them, uh, to see what the reaction is and the thought processes are. So I was reading it on one of them this morning. Uh, but to go back to one of the points you made, I find this interesting, right? I'm a 43-year-old guy, right, who's getting getting it tight pretty regularly. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine, right? On social media. But the point I would make is that, see if I go through my camera roll, my phone, right? It's generally me with my family, you know, my wee boy and that, just like having a good laugh and going places and going on holiday. Now that's that's generally what my camera roll is. There are people out there, JP, probably half my age, who in their camera roll are old tweets that I tweeted out eight or nine months ago and they've saved them for nine months just in case. It's a wee bit sad, eh? It's, uh, yeah, and and see, going back to the whole, oh, you could have done your research at the time, and you know, um, there was somebody strange, loved the doctor actually. If you remember him as a comment commenter, he came in and said, 
oh, um, how come you're just dismissing this guy's track record? We weren't dismissing his track record. That wasn't what we were concerned about. We were concerned about the ability to put him in place in time for taking the pre-season training camp in Wales because it was imminent and we had friendlies booked and all that. We're talking about all this red tape. That that in that particular that was before he was appointed, by the way. That was in the I think the week before he was appointed. And but Strange Love the Doctor said, um, you're you're what about this guy's, you know, medal hall and everything else and or, you know, success in uh, various leagues and, and at international level. That's all very well and good at the time. But we've seen uh, in the past, people come in with, you know, decent pedigree and not succeeded. I give you Paul Le Guin. Paul Le Guin was touted as one of the best managers in Europe, and he was ab- he was buried at Rangers mm. because they didn't like his, you know, his, his methods. They didn't they didn't respond to him. They didn't he, you know he didn't allow monster munch, things like that. You know, so <laughs> like you know that that's that can happen. So I think we were right to be. Weary, but I don't, none of us, you know, pulled them out and said, "Oh, we shouldn't be getting this guy or anything like that." You know, we, we we were all concerned that there may have been an easier option. And when I say easier, I mean that you know, as 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 on our doorstep. And that's why you suggested Mark Hughes before Postecoglou was even mentioned. You said Mark Hughes, and other people were saying Clark, and you know, there was the, the Jack Ross, which was obviously an insane idea. Um, thrown into the mix by Kev Graham. Remember Roy Keane and Nicky Butt? And Roy, Roy Keane and Nicky Butt as well. Roy Keane's still not got a job, so um, what does that tell you? So, I mean, he has got a job on, on TV, which he's very good at, but um, he's, you know, some Man United fans are trying to stir, stir it up to get him in at Man United, and that, I mean, no, absolutely not. That is not what Man United needs. Um, but yeah, that was just that, 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 I just wanted to bring that up because... The, the harmony that's been created by the manager should be a thing that that, that is around the whole support instead mm-hmm. of people wanting to sort of point fingers and get a snide gun out and just you know be snide. Just just be positive. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. There's so much to be positive about at this moment in time. You know, I I, I don't I really don't understand why anybody uh, feels the need to take up their time by uh, by being negative. No, you're right. And and to go back on, uh, as I say, a couple of the, the podcasters, prominent podcasters got involved in that discussion and were basically saying what you're saying there. You know, there's no need for this. The the Celtic fan base have got an incredible selection. You may not like Axom, you may not like some of the other ones, but you'll like something. There's that much out there, JP. Uh, much So much quality for guys like the 20-minute Tims through to the Hail 67 guys. I mean, They've gone and got an interview with Johan Mialbe. You know, they go out there and they create really, really good content and they're putting it on their channel. And it's difficult. It's difficult to do that when there are so many different outlets. So, yeah, you may not like one, but that's fine. Find the one you do like. Stick with it. I know there's quite a few that you tune into, and that's what it's all about, the variety. And it's a fan base, and it's a community within the actual comment section. Like, for example, Paddy Lavery joins us every day. Welcome to the show, Paddy. Afternoon, PGD and JP. Roll on Sunday. Um, sounds confident. Sounds Paddy confident. In, in America, am I right in thinking that? Paddy is uh, 
actually in Ardoin. Am I right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Paddy. Axom should start selling their own merch. Listen, that's a great idea. Listen to this though, right? Just this morning, and I ran out of time because I took a picture of the latest concept kit. It's something I'm into kits, JP. I know you are as well, and um, shameless plug, my Celtic kit book will be out later on this year. Um, after seven years of pulling together the entire collection of match-worn Celtic jerseys from the 1930s to the present day, the book is almost ready to be released. So I like jerseys and I like kits, and I'm probably a bit of an anorak when it comes down to that as well. So what we've started doing is our own Axom concept kits, one-offs. We dig them out from some warehouse in you know, um, Cologne or something like that, and we get the embroidered up. But we also get a fantastic uh, artist to do some artwork. So the last one we done, we modelled it on Andy Tom and we called it the Andy Tom and it was a Puma jersey with obviously the, the German connections, etc. Um, whether or not you like Puma as a company is another thing. They used to make some vintage uh, football jerseys back in the 80s. The latest one, I'll release the images later on today, but it will be given away. We give them away free. They're just one-offs, JP, but this is an absolute belter of a jersey. This is the vintage Adidas from the 1980s. Picture the aforementioned Mark Hughes playing for Bayern Munich, right? You know, you remember the red Bayern Munich top just with the three stripes on both arms, white cuffs, white V-neck, crossover neck with a trefoil Adidas badge. Well, we've got a green one and we've, we've shamrocked it up, right? So we're going to be giving that away. And to enter that prize, all you need to do is subscribe to the channel. On YouTube, if you're already subscribing, you're already in the prize draw. Um, we've got four, I think. Yeah, we've got four to give away. Not that jersey, four different variations this month. Talking about April, this month. Uh, so we're going to launch that today. And I know you love your jerseys. It's quite a tight fit back in those days, so I don't think yeah. I'm going to be modelling it myself because it doesn't let you get away with too much. <laughs> Stuart McDade, if we get a free kick, this is a great point. Um, on the edge of the box we've mentioned this before who should take it we don't seem to have that go-to guy I thought Matt O'Reilly might have been that that man um, but we've not seen it yet have we? No, did you hear him speaking Danish the other night by the way? I did him? not He speaks fluent Danish Quality. It's pretty impressive especially when you're not expecting it Well this is the thing though right I, I am impressed but it still doesn't take away the Aerosmith thing that, that's a big disappointment. He listens to Aerosmith on the way into training, mate. I mean, I, I don't never know. I, don't, I saw Aerosmith download in 2017, I think it was. It was brilliant. Uh, I, I only saw the first hour because I was DJing after it, but uh, I, I had to run across to the tent where I was DJing, but I saw an hour and uh, I don't know. I, I, was, I was into were that. Were they all right? Yeah, they were good. I was, I was into them when I was 14, you know, like 14. Run, run DMC. Uh, I but I like their own, just their own stuff as well. Like Jenny's got a gun, and uh, you know, loving an elevator. Loving an elevator. I mean, there's no two ways about it. But uh, I know O'Reilly could hit a free kick. He's threatened to a couple of times. He's been standing over it with Juranovic. Uh, I thought Juranovic might be able to hit one as well. But the stats mm -hmm. on, I mean, I, I can't. Somebody told me at one of the games recently about how many attempts we've had at a direct free kick and we've not scored. We haven't scored from a free kick. I don't think. That's unusual for Celtic though, isn't it? I mean, if you think about the past, the teams of the past, we yeah. did have a specialist, you know, go right back to Nakamura's time, you know, 1985 Scottish Cup final. Ravchik. 
every single, every <laughs> single time Ravchik got a free kick anywhere in and around about 30 or 40 yards it was a goal it was as good as a penalty to Ravchik pretty much I mean his highlights reel is quite a lot of free kicks <laughs> why why on earth is um, Rogic not a free kick specialist when you, you see him with a you know if you look at his showreel even yeah. this season that goal at Tanadice you know you look at every goal he scored for Celtic was it at Tanadice where he basically uh, just weaves his way through every yeah, player I mean, that comes in his eye. One at Rugby Park, top mm-hmm. corner. Yeah. That's basically a free kick, but he's exactly. got a run. And then the one at Ibrox uh, in the in the three two game, mm-hmm. uh, where he where he just sort of like left peg and like sails it into the into the bottom left. I mean that again, free kick esque uh, hit from him. But I mean I don't know. I don't think he's. Is he definitely out for Sunday, Rogic? I was going to ask that question because I think that's potentially one of the dilemmas facing Ange. A good dilemma, uh, a strong uh, dilemma to have. But I, I was going to ask that question. The, the free kick thing, in answer to Stuart's question, I don't know what's gone wrong. I think Edward used to hit a good free kick as well. But at the moment, we don't have a go-to. Why not Tommy Rogic uh, or Rogic? I, I've, I'm sorry, but I jumped between the two pronunciations. Um, the Urban Culture working Ramora is going to miss the Jim Watt v Tony Rocky rematch. Listen, we're talking about harmony, and and it all is harmonious within the world of Axon. And Tony and Jim are the best of pals, and they'll be on the show tomorrow at twelve thirty. Don't you worry about that. Um, the impact of Ange Postecoglou, I think, it cannot be understated. And as I say. Like, even if I was really critical and I don't think I was in the early days um, I'm glad I would have been glad to be wrong I'm glad that you know he's turned it around the impact's unbelievable and I keep saying it um, I think that he operated initially with a shadow squad we've used the examples of Tony Ralston you know being forced to play Dane Murray in the second leg against uh, Michelin to name but two you know his first choice goalkeeper when he comes in we've been talking about Joe Hart but when he comes in it's still Barkas and I was looking at that situation, you know, thinking to myself, anyone's going to turn this guy around, it's going to be Ange. Mm. Um, and I don't, I, I know it doesn't always work this way, but, you know, fellow Greek, you know, tapping into his mindset didn't happen. Um, one of the big things, though, JP, and I've spoken about it over the last week, right? I have been critical of Starfelt, and I've, I've certainly been critical, critical of Yakamakis. But what Ange has done with these two guys is he's just continued to play them. He's persevered with them. He's shown faith in them. And I think what we've got now, moving into the biggest game of the season, is two guys who are playing with confidence, composure, and and I said this last uh, on Monday to, to Amy, I don't think anybody tuning in here watching Axon today wouldn't have them in their first 11 on on Sunday. No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, Giacomacchus... I mean, remember when Giacomacchus came off the bench against Ferenc Varos? we saw a brief cameo of what he could do. And we were all like, whoa, this guy can do those. Like, you know, it was a, it was a bit of a Hartson-esque performance in terms of holding it off, being strong, you know, uh, bringing others into the game, you know, dragging people, dragging defenders away to create space for Jota or Abada or whoever was on the, on the, on the left or the right. So, I mean... We, we we saw it. Then it was just a bit of a stutter with the injury, the missed penalty. Anybody can miss a penalty. It's, it's you know, I mean, it's not. It's it was bad in terms of the timing of it and everything else. But I think 
I think people were willing to give him a benefit of the doubt in that that was a hell of a pressure penalty to take. And had he ever taken a penalty with that amount of pit with 60,000 people bearing down on him? You know, I mean, you can say what you want about his past uh, experience in Holland or whatever else, but all those penalties that he scored in Holland might have been when the team were two up or three up or mm. it wasn't riding on him to, to get the three points. So the pressure gets to anybody and it obviously it got to him that day because it wasn't a great penalty, but I'd seen enough in that Ferenc Vanners cameo to think he's not going to be another one of these guys that just disappears having done nothing for Celtic, you know? And you've got a manager as well that, like you say, believes in him and has played him and, and known and trusted him to, to, to deliver in big games. And But for some great saves from McGregor in that 3-0 game at Celtic Park, Jack and Marcus would have a, a, game, a goal against Rangers to his name, which, as we all know, you score against them. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It basically elevates you onto a different plane, you know? Like, once you've got a goal against them, as Hatati has now two, um, then, you know, it's... Uh, and Nevada's got one. So th- those two players now, in the eyes of the Celtic support, are on another level because mm-hmm. they've, they've done the business at arguably the most important and the most important fixture. And I mean Jackamacus will be wanting to bust a gut to bust a gut to do what he didn't do in the last game. You know, he'll be de- de- determined. And it seems like he's really getting the club as well and that that's always great to see um, when someone buys into the the whole the whole Celtic thing, you know, like the, the everything about I mean, why why wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, you I mean to get to play in that atmosphere must be so so great, you mm. know, when, when things are when things are going for you. And Starfield was, and both of them, by the way, both of them called up for the international squads, which again is a, a huge indication of the work that they're doing and that Postacoglu is doing with them. Starfield sitting on the bench next to Ibrahimovic. You know what I mean? It's like good to see that sort of thing, you know, when it's your players and you want to see them called up and um, and you want to see them playing, regardless of whether there's a fixture coming up or not. You know, uh, I, I was, you know, you don't want to not have them contribute at international level because it just it just increases their confidence and increases their stock. Well, I'm going to make a prediction. I know it's pretty early. We're only 34 minutes into the show. I'm going to actually make a prediction on the back of what you're saying there, and I'm going to going to say both those players are going to score. Starfelt, Starfelt's never scored for Celtic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a decent enough occasion for him to open his account. And Yakamakis, I just think that, like you say, the, the confidence that he's shown, uh, he does seem to have that determination, which I love. And and by the way, I know that Edward was a really natural talent. 
I, I loved Edward. I remember seeing him. I was doing, um, b- bizarrely enough, I was doing, uh, I was behind the scenes with BT Sport the night we played Hamilton away, and Edward made his debut. So I'm just bouncing about. You can actually, if you watch it, I'm just walking about the, you know, the track and that. It was great fun. Um, and I remember after that game saying to Kev Graham, we've got a player in Edward. But a few folk weren't that convinced early doors because he seemed to be a bit kind of lazy and, you know. But I called, I must admit, I did kind of call it earlier. That was back in the day when Kevin and I used to record podcasts at my kitchen table, of course. Uh, so I'm going to go for 2 nothing Starfield and Yakamakis. That's my prediction. I'm getting it in early. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't know. Sunday, as Ange Postacoglu has said, each game is its own movie almost. Like, it's all, you know, it's all down to what, I mean, I know the, the cliche is form goes out the window and all the rest of it, but it's all really about, I guess, the start that both sides make mm-hmm. and, you know, how the players adapt to playing in what's going to be a pretty, you know, uh, heavy duty environment in terms of it's, it's what, 90, 97%, 98% their support will be go, will be given at Laude. But, you know, we, we've seen in the past what, what a good performance from Celtic can do to that crowd. I mean, I tallied up my um, my my trips to Ibrox, which, in actual fact, see if this if this stays as it is. These ten games will be the only games I ever go to at Ibrox because I'll never get a ticket again. I'll never get one of those seven hundred, and nor should I because I I don't go to enough games to to warrant getting one of them. I don't think I, I'm. I, I try to go home and away as much as possible. Uh, you know when I can when I can get a ticket, but I'm not always eligible for an away ticket. I didn't get a ticket for the semi final, for example, and I'm mm-hmm. a home a home cup ticket scheme. But I've been to ten games at Ibrox, and we have won five, drawn three, and lost two. And that's 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 since 1998. That's over over that period, um, and I've seen us under O'Neill, Strachan, um uh, and Neil Strachan, Ben Gloss, and Rogers. That's the four managers that I've seen as at Ibrox. You've got I'm a good sorry. record, J- JP. You've got a good record. I did want to talk about the tickets, so it's a nice segue to talk about that. But uh, my record would have been better because when you're talking there, the one game that I remember um, being at and thinking this was a chance was uh, the same season when you had Samaras scoring the, the, the double. But it was the other fixture at Ibrox, the one that was nearer the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And we get a penalty and it's nothing each. Mm. And uh, there's a bit of a discussion between Chris Commons and and Big Sammy. And we're obviously, the, he's taking the penalty in front of us in the broom loan. Big shout out to Nez, who I was at the game with, Nez Henderson. Um, and Chris Commons loses that, that discussion or that argument. And Sammy, the, the penalty's saved, isn't it? It's nothing mm. each. And... Um, Cost us the league. If that goal, if that goes in, we win the league that season. Mm. That's the margin. And when we're talking about margins, we've actually the, the swing, and this this has to be discussed. The swing at the moment, having gone thirty-one games in Scotland unbeaten, the swing is twenty-eight points. JP, am I right? Have I done my maths right? That is astonishing. Well, it must be, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And I think that I was saying during the week the recruitment. Um, has been exceptional by Ange Postecoglou. He's implemented his own style, but also the philosophy 
uh, behind that style as well. And I think he has the buy-in of fans. I don't see any Celtic fans who haven't now bought in. People have bought in at different times. That's fine. But I think we're now at a stage where, as a fan base, and I don't speak for all fans, asterisk, um, have bought into Ange Postacoglu. But Monte, obviously, is thinking back to um, Eduard and want to be Eduard. Yeah. And, oh, and the thing is, right, I wanted the Stone Roses. Thing. I mean, it would have been a dream as a young kid, as a, an absolute obsessed Stone Roses fan, to hear a Stone Roses sang, song being sang at Celtic Park by the by the crowd. And Manny spoke about it on the Brian McClare podcast. I don't yeah. know if you tuned into that. Yeah, that's a good idea, yeah. Um, and Manny, obviously, a Man United fan, but loves Celtic as well. And he was talking about how great it was. It was a real thrill. And a while back, Kevin and I spoke to Clint Boone of the Inspirals because we were singing This Is How It Feels at that time. And, and I love all that kind of stuff. And then... You know, when Ange came out and says, don't stop, Tony and I joked, maybe that's going to be the next Rosie's song, you know, if you can play it backwards and all that. Yeah. Um, but then I it's see bit, him going back. What's that? A bit obscure. Uh, a, a little bit obscure. I'm not sure it'll catch on that one, right? <laughs> uh, but going back to what James Robertson said, the Lisbon Colin t-shirt from Boca 10 is a classic. I seen another one and it was made a stone. All so right. I don't know if somebody out there is going to be uh, creative enough to come up with something there for uh, Dyes and Maeda but just on the subject of Maeda then if he's fit does he play? 100% yeah Maeda 100% I, uh, I, I watched uh, you know Paul at Celtic Fans TV mm. um, I watched him unveil his team that he thought would be the, the, the top team for going forward and as, as he was unveiling I mean the defence obviously speaks for itself you're, you're not going to play anybody other than Taylor Juranovic, uh, Starfield, Carter, Vickers, but the midfield, I mean, with, with everything taken into consideration, McGregor, Hitati, O'Reilly would be your three in the middle, and then up up top, um, Maeda on the left, uh, Jota on the right, and Jack Marcus in the middle. Because we can't, I, I don't think Kyogo's going to make it on, on Sunday. I think I think he'd be lucky if he's on the bench. I, I just, I think we would, I know he likes to play a you know a, a sort of and an, you know bring a rabbit out of the hat so to speak but I don't think I don't I just I just got this feeling that he's not going to be ready and there's been murmurings in the media as well that, that that's the case and in which case he would be you know more likely to play against St Johnston or be make a yeah, play a part against St Johnston the following week. So you know my my either has to play the 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 work rate that, that guy put in I mean you look at that last game uh, at home, 88th minute, he's chasing down the defence, the last man defence, and then running onto the goalkeeper and then anticipating the mistake in the 88th minute. I mean, if, if he's doing that in that game, then you want him, you want him against them to mm. to, to get to give them a, a fright, you know, because they've not had to deal with anybody like that. I mean, they, they had to deal with him in, his, in the first game, but he was only that he was only in the door at that point. I mean, I don't. I, I, but the same way that you can't really judge Carl Starfelt after his Tynecastle game, you can't really judge Maeda after, um, you know, the, the 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 first game. I mean, I know you could then say, oh, well, Hatati did the business in that game, but Hatati then dropped off after that, whereas Maeda's sort of picked up. So yeah, that yeah. Um, yeah, I I just I, I think he's brilliant, and I, I every time I see him do something good, I just think of that guy saying he's a fraud, and 
I'll, I'll never ever forget that. Like that is that is burned into my memory. That you know, I, I, and I want I want my agent to have a have an, an eight or a nine out of ten on Sunday just for that guy who's sitting watching it somewhere going. Like through gritted teeth, having to admit that he's actually wrong and that he's a good player. But there is there isn't a tweet though, so it didn't happen. Oh no, no, it was just said. It was just said. <laughs> I played it Celtic back, so nobody can nobody can fling that back at him. And uh, I can't screen grab a conversation. Do you know mm. what I mean? I know. I know. Now, Dan, good evening, Paul and JP. Where are you watching from, Dan? Good evening to you, sir. Um, and we also have. Swindle, maybe I'm blinkered, but I see far more creative stuff coming from Celtic supporters than the other side. I've said for a long time the creativity among Celtic fans, and I don't just mean um, with the alternative media, but I always felt that with fanzines, with the songs that we sang, I've always felt that we're a creative bunch. Axom started off generally as an interview show. If you go back to the early episodes, we were basically interviewing those people with a Celtic state of mind, and we're talking to people in the music industry, JP. Like yourself, that's how we became uh, contacts and then friends. And I'm speaking to people from the world of film and, and art and theatre, etc. And they all supported Celtic. And I'm thinking, what is this thing with art and creative people and Celtic? I'm still not sure what it is. Um, but I'm, I love the fact that many of them have a Celtic state of mind. Um, Pat... Regular contributor, welcome to the show. Afternoon Troops is getting close now, can't wait till Sunday. Come on the Celtic. And finally, before we move on to the next subject, Dan, what is the latest music tip? Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. I was in Manchester yesterday. Uh, we went down to interview uh, a young musician who played a session for us as well at a wee bar stroke deli called Why Not? After the, uh, oh, after that, actually. Liam oh, yeah. um, and his name was Cobain Jones so that's my latest music tip Cobain Jones, check him out on YouTube uh, 21 year old from that way and he was brilliant he'd done a great version of the Mannix if you tolerate this which I don't think would be a particularly easy song to sing JP um, you've got no. your finger on the pulse what's your latest tip? Uh, well I was just thinking that the, the band is supporting uh, Twilight Sad uh, are called Cloth, and they're they're, they're very good. You check them out. Um, supporting Twilight Side of the Barland tomorrow night, um, and that would be the first time I've seen them. They've played a couple of shows, maybe like not not so many. They, they played King Tut's, uh, I think it was October last year, maybe, and uh, sold it out. And so, yeah, they're from from Glasgow and the surrounding areas. Um, may not be everybody's cup of tea. They're not mainstream, but a bit more kind of uh, left-field indie. But, um, <clears throat> and also, actually, I'll tell you another guy that's really good, a uh, completely different type of music, but Sam Gellatry, or Gellatry. Oh, uh, right. I've, yeah, I've seen his name. Yep. From Sterling. Uh, I did a show with him at King Tut's a couple of, well, last, last Sunday, 20th of uh, um, March, and uh, tipped to be, I mean, it's a lofty, lofty comparison but tipped to be the new Calvin Harris but I mean he is he is very good you know he's, he does all his production himself and he's Brilliant. he a live band he's just just a wee guy he's already I think at 19 or 20 he'd already played Coachella and supported DJ Shadow and stuff like oh, that oh wow yeah I mean like now now he's he's entered in a kind of different phase in his in his, in his music uh, Career in terms of how he plays live and everything else because he he sings and stuff like that now which he didn't previously do but yeah he's he's pretty good as well 
I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. There's lots of stuff come out in lockdown that you know bands formed in lockdown have never played a gig, mm-hmm. and they're only playing their first gigs sort of now, you know. Um, so I've seen a lot of nervous people in the King Touch stairs as they're about to take to the stage because they're like, yeah. never done this before, and it's kind of. I mean, I feel a bit kind of on edge for them, but they've all been they've all they've all loved it, you know, because it's such a great experience to play live. Definitely. The thing is, you'll notice that I was writing down your recommendations, as I always do. Um, but you reminded me, actually, when you mentioned that uh, Sam Galatri had supported um, DJ Shadow, that young Cobain Jones has actually supported Paul Weller. Oh, so really? He, uh, aye, so he was telling us all about that, showing us the pictures of him and Paul. His mate Paul said he was lovely as well, um, which is great. So, yeah. I might just be at the bar of Zamora, JP. That's another story entirely. Might just be there. We were talking about um, tickets and the situation, and you said, and it, you know, it really brought it home because I know that you would follow Celtic from Guric to Zurich. You know, you'd go anywhere to watch Celtic playing um, domestically or in Europe, and it, it's pretty sad actually uh, the way that you've explained that you probably won't see Celtic Ibrox for ten years. Do you think this will be resolved? I mean, has there been? A scenario whereby, right, we've gone a few games where there's no fans, right? And by the way, I hold my hands up. I loved it in February. Oh, I loved it. It'll be two months prior to, to this weekend's game. I loved the fact that it was 60,000 Celtic fans, right? The atmosphere was electric. Um, I believe that it contributed to what happened that night. Now, some people oh, might yeah. say I'm talking nonsense, but I just think the energy that was created that night, JP, was was huge. Flip it. What happens if you flip it, though? Because I don't think that, let's say, 20, 25 minutes in, if we come out the traps like we did at Celtic Park, and I know there's no guarantee of that, we're two months down the line, that the Rangers fans are going to react in the same way. I think it's going to be an absolute um, opposite effect, and it might become a toxic environment. And again, that will play to our advantage. So although Rangers might think that they're holding the cards here when it comes to ticket allocations, I don't think it, it works like that. I see. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. I, I'm annoyed about it. I'm not going to lie because, you know, I've had to make other plans on Sunday. I'm going to go and watch it at the Kerry Deal Suite at Celtic Park. Um, my mate got me a ticket for that. So It's a live music. Uh, I think there might be. I know that you get a breakfast roll on arrival and a pie at half time. I'm not sure if an alcoholic beverage is included. You get that if you come in and cover the game with me here. <laughs> right, well, two, two. Um, what, pie sports, is it? <laughs> That's right. Uh, pie um, sports, they, they just turned up, sorry to interrupt, they just turned up one day. Two boxes of pies from Pie Sports. It was brilliant. Yeah, Very good they, promotion. Yep. They operate, uh, there's a, a, a board for them or an advertising board for them at Capolo because I was at Capolo a couple of Saturdays ago when I piled uh, Dave McGeekin to watch Greenock Morton against Patrick Thistle um, hadn't been there since 1999 uh, which was 
absolutely frightening to, to try and digest that as I arrived at the ground and I was like, oh my God, I remember being here the night that Viduka made his debut. It was a, it was a cup game, Scottish cup game. Yeah. Um, and it was on Sky. and, and Black and green away jersey? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could I could even point to each to where I was uh, standing in the away and behind the goals. I was like, I know exactly where I was. Um, so I was down there and I yes, pie sports had a kebab pie and a steak and black pudding pie as well. That was their uh, specialities of the day. But but yeah, going back to Ibrox, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying I would have got a ticket for Sunday if we'd had the full stand. I would certainly had a far, far better chance. Like, you know, there's people uh, have been going to games, you know, week in, week out for years. You know, I've had points in time where I've been away and I've not even been able to uh, apply for a ticket. Uh, but there's people that have been going consistently for years who cannot get a ticket for Ibrox on Sunday. And the, the same will be the, the, on the other side for them coming to Celtic Park. Um, and you see more and more of their fans going should probably get sorted out because like I said I mean those if this doesn't get resolved in the next you know year or two then it will probably stay as it is and they'll just keep selling season tickets that include that section of the ground and therefore you will be reduced and those 10 games for the rest of my life will be the only times I've ever experienced like what, what if I'm like 65 and I'm still th- I'm still talking about those 10 games because I've never been back to Ibrox I mean that's mm-hmm. mental when you consider how big you know the, the, the rivalry is uh, the, the, the fixture is I mean uh, it, it seems crazy to me and and, and just just pretty sad really that, that I mean I, I, I don't believe I mean I know that the, the rhetoric is that oh they couldn't take us celebrating and blah blah and that's why they did it there might have been an element of that but uh, their, their their argument is that they're making more money, and they obviously need to make more money to make up for the losses that they've had. It's not me being me me being snide or anything like that. I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a matter of fact that that is the case. Um, so they have to make money elsewhere from somewhere, and 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 if they're making an extra however many million by doing this, then then th- th- that will be their argument. And it's just you know, I I, I just find it I, I find it sad. It's sad, and it's sad, JP, that it's been allowed to go as long as it has been, but I don't have confidence in the authorities within Scottish football to have stepped in and sorted it out, uh, because it should have been sorted out, but they just, they're just they incapable of doing that. I, I agree with you, I think it's a totally financial, um, financially motivated decision that's been made. Um, and I'm going to dip back into some of the comments here, because Kevin14 says Maeda... It's keeping a bad out, and that's some going. Absolutely, let's not forget how good a season the bad has had. Brilliant, brilliant breakthrough season. You know, goals, assists, and yeah. for the under twenty ones. Yeah, absolutely sensational. And and you know the thing as well, you we're talking about Matt O'Reilly. You sometimes forget, or you take for granted, O'Reilly's twenty one. And a bad as twenty. They're playing for their under twenty ones during the week. There, mm. incredible uh, level of talent that Celtic have at our disposal. I'm going to bring this up because, right, what I'm going to say first and foremost is I'm going to qualify this next week part because this is a rumor. This is gossip, right, about Scott Brown and, and the fact that Brown, Bruni's no longer at Celtic, right? Th- this isn't a rumor, Bobby. You're just being mischievous, Bobby. Is right. Scott Brown playing on Sunday? Um, he might have been playing on Sunday had Eddie Howe not told Celtic 
to get rid of him. Have you heard that one? This is a rumour. There's a klaxon. It's a rumour. Um, we were so far down the line, ready how, that he'd already, we'd already started putting some of his needs and wants into place. I mean, wow. at, the, at the time, I did feel it was a bit much for three heads of department to be wiped out in one. Mm. I, I thought it was too much change. If you go back, like you say, to the earlier podcast, I did talk about the fact we were losing a CEO, the manager and the captain. And it just felt too much at that time, especially when we had so few leaders or it would appear that we had so few leaders in the dressing room at the time. And we spoke about who's going to be the captain. You know, there was shows dedicated to that. Uh, I think we now do have leaders in the team and McGregor has shown himself to be more than capable as a captain. But sometimes people put two and two together and then give you a very plausible, um, you know, explanation for it. You know, I'm guessing you've not heard that. No, I haven't, no. Um, with regards to Scott Brown, even last summer, maybe it's just the sentiment, the sentimental side of me as a Celtic fan. Those pictures of him standing in the middle of an empty ground, you know, farewell, you know, captain leader legend and all that, they they, they still kind of haunt me in a way because it's just like, that. that's not how we should have left Celtic, you know. It, I know there was many things in life that were not ideal a year ago. You know, I I, I wasn't doing my job. Uh, I was nowhere near doing my job at that point. It was still several months before I'd be back, you know, doing gigs. But just the idea of him leaving Celtic, obviously leaving Celtic in such a and under such a cloud, you know, it was manna from heaven for those in, in of a blue persuasion. Um, to, to you know, to see him running away, you know, as they like to say, you know, like and 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 you know, uh, you know. I think of a polite way of uh, soiling oneself. Um, and, and <laughs> nonsense. I, I, I think that Scott Brown looked at the situation and thought, do I want to start again under another manager? What if the manager doesn't fancy me and I end up not playing and, you know, I, I, and I fizzle out in a different way? So I don't blame Scott Brown for, for, for leaving. Um, but it, it would have been so great if he had stayed on and, and played a part this season under Postacoglu and, and and been able to leave with, you know, a clenched fist in the air because um, he deserved that. I mean, you can't just forget about everything that he did prior to last season because no. it was monumental in all, in all those, in all those, especially from the Rodgers point onwards, you know, and... Arguably, you know, Scott Brown was a massive part in, you know, one keep getting Neil keeping Neil Wenning in the job and then getting Neil Wenning in the job, you know, full time or whatever, because he was he was a person that he he went to. Unless I'm unless I'm forgetting Neil Wenning, you know, continued to play Scott Brown when he came in. You know, it wasn't like he, you know, didn't didn't trust him or anything like that. Probably one of the first people that he did trust. Well, he's in the top dozen in terms of competitive appearances for Celtic. Um, people say this player's a legend, that player's an icon, he's a great... He's up there, he's in, he's in the lists of the most decorated Celtic players of all time. The one thing that I did find quite interesting when I heard that rumour, and it is only a rumour, is remember the strange comments by Ian Bankier at the AGM? Maybe we should have kept him or we should bring him or something like that? Yeah. They did seem strange at the time when he was talking about Scott Brown. But it, I did recall that uh, when I heard this this gossip. WhatsApp group gossip. I mean, that, that, 
another, that was another thing that we were really concerned about at the time <clears throat> on the podcast that I watched back, and that's probably one of the first that I've ever watched back. It was quite strange watching back yourself talking a year ago, <laughs> and I've never had that ability to do that before in my life, so it was quite weird. But uh, we were also concerned about who was recruiting the players, yeah, because, mm-hmm. and who was making the decisions about who could stay and who could go. Because you said. You said, um, "Who's making the decision to to uh, rip up in Cham's contract?" You know, like because that was happening at the time, and and also we were in desperate need of players going into the into the into the preseason, and and we didn't know who was doing that. So that, mm. that, that all sorts of question marks flying around at that time. The other example you've just brought to my mind is okay. So we've got two players who were given one year contracts. One was Ralph and one was Griffiths. But then Ange Postacoglu, when given more information or evidence, decides, you know what, I've changed my mind on you, Lee Griffiths. You can change your mind based on where you are and what has happened since the decision was made. I'm going to leave you with one thing, and I want you to be totally honest here, JP, because I'm going to be much to my embarrassment. And I'm glad, in a way, that Axel wasn't running when I thought this particular player was going to be a success at Celtic. Brian Denning comes in, I'll hold my hands up. I didn't think Meda was up to much. Delighted I'm being proved wrong. Absolutely. Let's flip it though, right? Which player that Celtic brought in did you think was going to be a success, but history tells us was far from it? As in this season? At any time. I'm going to give you mine. I'll give you mine, right? And it'll, it'll maybe give you a wee moment to think. The one player... And I blame Henrik Larsson for this. That I thought was going to be a player for Celtic was Mo Bangura. Because <laughs> he got the, the anointment from Henrik Larsson. He did. Yeah. And if big Henrik Larsson, I've just called him big, he's not particularly big. If Henrik Larsson says he's a player, I thought, oh, it's good enough for me. That's gospel. The gospel, according to Henrik, and of course he wasn't a great player, was he? Uh, but he's the one that, as I say, I'm glad I didn't have a podcast when he signed because I'd have been saying, you know, this guy's going to be a world beater. In recent times, I think one of the players that I was most disappointed in was Jeremy Tolian. Like, I, I, I thought, given his pedigree, mm-hmm. that we were assuring to come in and be, uh, you know, nail that position down, make it his, and then maybe we would look to make the signing permanent. And, and that, he was a massive disappointment. Um, Juninho as well, actually. But I mean, the Janino one, I know uh, Stephen uh, from 20 Minute Tim's uh, bought a, a classic football, Celtic classic football top, an original with Janino in the back. I don't know if it was out of irony or, or if he did genuinely love Janino. I think he was a bit, a bit of both. But I, I, I wasn't, you know, nailing everything on Janino being a success when he signed. I just thought I, I, it was one of those, it was like a Lundberg signing. Mm. And Ian Wright, you know, maybe not quite Ian Wright, but it was just like this guy's not going to do the business for us up here. I don't, I can't remember what age he was when he came, but it, it didn't, it didn't fill me with with, with kind of optimism really that that was going to be that he was going to be a success in it. And yet another person that's worn worn the number seven mm. with uh, little little fanfare, but Jack Marcus is wearing the seven and is and and is scoring goals and is looking obviously not looking like Henrik Larson, but he's not he's not going to uh, he's not a Chifji, you know, and he's not a Juninho and 
God, there are others, aren't there? There, there are, are a few other names popping well, up, actually. But <laughs> the Janino one, the, the biggest concern I had is it looked as though, as a club, our policy was changing. Because you think back to the early signings of Neil in his first two seasons, you know, everybody from, let's say, Chris Sutton and, and the early signings right through to John Hartson in the second season, you're just thinking, right, we're picking players out from the markets that Martin O'Neill knows, and these were top quality players. But there was a bit of a, a kind of downturn in that by the time Janino arrives. And the other player that springs to my mind as well was Kamara. Uh, so Kamara comes in on loan, and, you know, good pedigree, didn't work out for him. Michael McDonald, Cascarino. I think I've seen every game. I've certainly seen every goal that he scored. Uh, it was only four. Um, nice. I've seen most of his games. Amido Balde. Oh, I don't know if I was ever sold on him. Hey, by the yeah. way, Shane Duffy is a good shout. We also oh, yeah, yeah. culture. I, I mean, a hundred percent. Like, because the two the two problem areas that we had were right back and centre half. And right back, you're thinking Toyan could could slot in here and do and and be the guy, and he, and he very much wasn't. And then Shane Duffy last season, again, we needed everybody was crying out for a no-nonsense centre-half. And then he ticks all the boxes, i.e. Celtic fan, you know, Irish, you know, Irish captain, all of that. You know, it, it, it was it was as if someone had just sort of, you know, created them on championship manager or something as a player ready-made for Celtic, but it just didn't work out. And, I mean, it, it is working out for him now in the Premier League. He's... Mm. he's, he's I, I follow him. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, and I see I see him, you know, posting every week, and he's he's pretty much playing every week. Yeah, Brighton might not win every game, but they've they've taken some they've taken some scalps this season, and and you know, fair play to him. You know, I I wouldn't wish the guy ill just because it didn't work out for him with, with us. I mean, there's no question he wanted to work out at Celtic. It just didn't happen for a myriad of reasons. Um, and I'm sure that's something that I'll always, always regret and look back on and be like, ah, you know, that, you know, another year, another time, things maybe be different, but they weren't. He was caught up in the perfect storm. Stuart yeah. Slater, Monty, yeah, absolutely. We had Stuart Slater on the show a wee bit, a wee bit earlier uh, last year, and uh, he spoke so fondly of his time at Celtic, and of course, Tommy Gravison. Thank you, yeah. Tim, Billy. <laughs> Listen, that's a very quick hour always is with UJP, uh, but, but that's a good thing because it means that we've uh, just been indulging in a bit of chat about Celtic and music uh, and, of course, the big game at the weekend. You enjoy it at the Kerrydale. Everybody that's in the comment section, thanks for getting involved. Enjoy the game at the weekend. We'll be back tomorrow and, of course, we'll be covering the game as well, half an hour before kickoff. All that's left for me to say is once again, JP Mason, thanks for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.